1: Try Pure Peace Volumizing, Simply Nourish Moisturizing, or Daily Zen Shampoo and Conditioner for daily use. All formulated with long-lasting fragrances and are safe for color-treated hair. Reconnect with the best version of yourself. Visit methodproducts.com to unleash your inner shower. Heart. You gotta have heart. Miles and miles of heart.
0: What is heart? Hard is running through a return man when the game is on the line. Hard is giving everything you have in practice, day after day. Hard is finding the strength to run down the field one more time when you can barely breathe. The heart in me pumps Husker Red. Hello and welcome to a brand new episode of the Five Heart Podcast, brought to you by CornNation.com, part of the SB Nation Podcast Network. My name is Greg Mahatchko, joined as always by our founder and fearless leader, John Rose from the dead once, don't make me do it again, Johnston.
1: Hi, John. Oh, is that my cue to say something? I thought you were going to continue on there with more things, more more accolades or some shit.
0: Well, I I, I always yeah, put your I, accolades I as your middle name. You notice that?
1: Oh, yeah, you do. Yeah.
0: So usually you when know, I, you
1: – I would say this. Don't make me do it again because the second time I ain't coming back. Fuck you, people.
0: <laughs> Can I just want to say, I don't know if it's because you got a haircut or because you shaved, or because, thank God, you have clothes on. But you look almost respectable tonight, John.
1: I took a shower.
0: That's what it is. (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, this was the day. Mark your calendars. September 3rd, 2020. That's the day this year that John decided to take a shower.
1: Well, I want to be very specific about it. I took a cold shower.
0: I don't want to know. Don't know what you were getting yourself into They required a cold shower.
1: Okay. There's a guy, there's a guy, (laughs) Wim Hof, and you can look this up. I don't want to. Wim Hof holds many world records. Uh, One of the world records he holds is for running a half marathon in ice and snow wearing nothing but shorts. Why do you do this face? I'm listening intently, John. He's also climbed Mount Everest in wearing only shorts and with no oxygen, okay? He's a guy that's taken – he has like 20 world records. They show him You can. – he's been interviewed by Joe Rogan. You can go out on the internet and see videos of him uh, being put into an ice bath where they put him in this container and they literally pour ice around his body. And I think his world record for stat, without his body temperature dropping – and it's about an hour and fifty minutes. So Wim Hof has this breathing me- method that I am going to start trying to use to invigorate myself and hopefully help my headaches in the morning and help me get morning going in the morning. One of the other things he does is he believes in cold showers. So uh, in the last few days, I you take a warm shower and turn the damn thing to cold and you know you start out at 15 seconds and you're supposed to by the end of the month work your way up to 60 seconds a shower you're supposed to do this uh five times a week which i gotta be honest during this pandemic is uh, a lot more showers than i've been taking you know but uh, if I th- you take a cold shower and it is kind of invigorating i mean you know you can scream while you're in there because nobody's home um uh, Nobody else is out working or doing something.
0: Now we know why they're cold showers because yeah, well, nobody's home. Anyway. I've, I've taken exactly two well, cold showers in my life on purpose. Uh, one was because the hot water heater was out and I needed a shower and that was the only option. And the second one was I was twenty years old. I had been sunburnt to a crisp. Out of Virginia Beach while on vacation And the only way to shower Was to take a cold shower So Yeah So uh, let's welcome our third Voice on this week's episode You just heard him Agree with the, the Cold shower theory on a sunburn I uh, Can't wait to get his Take on, on John's other uh, Cold shower Ideas, Todd, Todd Wolverton Welcome back to the
2: show. As always, great to see you, sir. Good to see you too, Greg. Yeah, cold showers. Um, well, I'm such a warm-blooded son of a gun in the summer, I pretty much have to take a cold shower. Otherwise, it does me no good. Mm. I mean, if I go into a warm shower in the summer, I'm sweating as soon as I dry off. So um, I'm not sure it makes me more healthy and vigorous. So, John, I'm not sure it's going to get you where you want, but... Um, and I really don't because you're,
1: you're just old you just have resigned yourself to being old you're a retiree
2: <laughs> okay yeah that's what I am <laughs> so, well, the only career I've retired from so far is
1: a race car driver and NBA player <laughs> <laughs> don't, well, you to, too, don't, don't you have to don't you have to
0: be in a career to retire from it John <laughs>
1: I was, I tried. Anyway, <laughs> you tried uh, the NBA. You, you know, you it, tried yeah, the NBA. I, I, yeah, I, I tried the NBA. This is, <laughs> you
0: know, for, for a lot of reasons. And, and, and this is not a knock on you, Todd. Obviously, we love you. Uh, but I do miss Haas because Haas would always bring up really obscure points in history and ask John what it was like to witness them firsthand. Uh, you know, like the Hundred Year War or, you know, things like that. So, because we, we all know that John's the oldest
2: in the group. Well, he has told me stories about what it was like to go to Russia with Napoleon. And, you know, you he, he, those are kind of sit on the edge of your seat kinds of stories. John, tell um, us that story. I'm, I
0: want to be on the edge of my seat.
2: Oh, it's very long and brutal, and nobody <laughs> wants to hear it right now. God's sake.
1: All it is is just people dying around you for days upon days upon days. I mean, the beginning was great. You know, we shot the shit out of the Russians. They kept backing up. We kept taking more land, you know. I mean, when you go into, you know, when you go into the peasant's house, there's not shit. But then you take over the people that were really rich in Russia. You take over their stuff and you got all this, you know, the the chandeliers, the opulence of Russia at that time. It was amazing. And then, you know, they started burning everything. They burned Moscow. Did you know they burned Moscow?
0: I did not. I wasn't
1: You're there. Not. Okay. Well, at that point, we're all wondering what the hell are these people doing burning their own shit, right? And then uh, Napoleon sits around waiting for them to surrender, and they never surrender. And we sit there going, hey, short, buddy, dude, get your hands out of your pants and uh, like make a decision if we're staying here, because if we stay here too long, we're all going to freeze to death, which is exactly what happened. On the way home, few of us survived. And uh, there's the story. I could go on about it, but uh, you could you could read a book called "The Diary of Sergeant Bourgeaudigerdeger." I don't know French. <laughs> I, I forgot. Was, my foreign language skills have uh, gone shit, gone to shit since uh, you know my brain injury, and uh, and uh, I don't I don't you know I don't really like French anyway.
0: I I do know. This went really off the rails. All I know is that we have, uh, not we, so much as you, John, have used the word Russia enough that uh, we are now being tracked.
1: Okay. Okay, you guys are being tracked. I've been tracked for years. Okay. Well,
0: let's talk about Todd's big uh, Todd's big uh, big award. You know,
1: his big honor. Todd's big moment. Tell me all about it, John. Uh, Todd got a big honor. That's all I know. There you go. All I
0: know is he's wearing wearing a corsage at 9 o'clock at night. Uh, Did somebody
1: pin that flower on you? Yeah. And and I'm not sure.
0: Is that a denim collared shirt? That looks very denim.
2: No, it's one of those fishing shirts. It's got all the pockets. Fishing shirt. Are are we interrupting your hobby? No, no, no. No, I, I, tonight was my night. I was uh, the grand marshal for the North Valley homecoming parade. So we got, to, we got, my wife and I got to sit in the back of a Mustang convertible and we led the parade down. Oh, I guess we were third. We were behind the color guard and the cop. Okay. Band. and uh so yeah it doesn't like a woman to knock your ass back to the ground she, <laughs> she knocks me on my ass all the time but but here's the thing we were the only ones throwing candy so that that raised my you know i'm high school principal is not the most popular job in the world and uh but i made points tonight because we were chucking candy like it was going out of style so
0: well you know why yeah. it's because it's they, gone uh, out of had- out of style there the you go.
1: Read. The headline next week: will read uh, former high school principal infects entire town
2: throwing candy. <laughs> You're probably right All you. the social distancing rules. <laughs> <laughs> that that very that could be very likely. Yep.
0: Well, congratulations, yeah. Todd. Uh, uh, I'm sure that it was an honor well deserved.
2: Yeah, it was kind of cool. i I've, I've uh, never ridden in a parade. I used to bring up the end of the parade when I was. Teaching at a principal at another school district, but that, uh, that wasn't the same as leading the parade. That was kind of cool. So, felt good. I,
0: let me ask you guys this, and I don't know if this is a small town radio thing, but my first on air radio gig ever was uh, announcing the parade at the Sheridan County Fair, Gordon, Nebraska, in 2003. Is that something you guys like Do they do that everywhere? Mm-hmm.
2: Well, what, for nine years, I was the principal and lived in Creston, Iowa. They had four parades a year in that town, and every one of those parades was carried live on KSIB radio. <laughs> for for the Fourth of July parade, the balloon. homecoming parade, parade, the balloon day parade, and the nice. winter the winter pageant parade or something like that. So you could stay at home and and in your mind, you could visualize the parade through the sweet voice of Gary Buckland.
0: The the parades I always envision them, you know, as a youth, as a very visual medium. You know, I don't I don't care if it's, uh, you know, uh, Howard Cassell or, or whoever uh, announcing the parade. They're they're not going to. Do it justice. Uh, And yet there I was on a Saturday around noon, maybe a little sooner for this parade. Now, the bonus was I got uh, free tickets to the concert and backstage passes. And later that same day, met the Nitty Gritty Dirt Band. (laughs)
2: Oh,
0: it was fine. it. It, 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 It was a good time.
2: You, you kind of mentioned the visualization, and as you said that, it just kind of ran through my mind. You know, my daughter's here tonight, and she was joking with John earlier. But I can I can still visualize that doggone winter lighted parade in Creston. And it was in December, maybe a week or two before Christmas, colder than Billy Hell. And I'll never forget this. We had never been to one, but both of our kids were on the church float, I think, that was in the, in the parade. And I'll never forget this. We're down there and my wife and I are all bundled up and we're just shivering like hell. And here comes the float. And my daughter's a damn angel up on top of the, the, the barn or whatever it was on top of just strapped up there, yes. just <laughs> shaking and freezing. Is the craziest damn thing. Yeah. <laughs> I,
0: uh, in junior high, the the some of the guys in my neighborhood uh, got a, a quote unquote float in the parade, and instead of you know like the Shriners always have the little cars that go around in circles, well instead of that it was all these guys on their riding lawnmowers, and because uh, mm-hmm. uh, I lived in Hickville, apparently, and uh, <laughs> uh, so my dad well, there you go you
1: just you just offended. there went all the rural Nebraska listeners you son of a bitch that's fine.
0: Yeah. they know I they know' I'm, I'm right there with them in spirit I, I didn't say it was bad I just said that's where I was you know from and I, that's Illinois too so you know we, what what the hell do I know So
2: anyway speaking of Nebraska John you apparently have a new decorator because your dorm room has a lot more Nebraska in it
0: although you, you could tell the way that John positions himself he's he makes sure that the gymnast and the volleyball player are, are always visible.
2: I know I want him to talk more so I can see those pictures a little bit better.
1: <laughs> okay, you know I I, I got uh, I got plenty of shit for both of them, you know. And didn't I say this last week?
0: Yeah, but that no. doesn't mean it's not fun.
1: Okay, well, you'll notice the the main the biggest picture back there is of uh Wandale Robinson at Minnesota. And I believe that's actually a play that he got all the way down to the eight yard line. The play was called back on either a holding call or a personal foul call in Nebraska, which was extremely disappointing. But it's a pretty decent picture. Anyway, uh, yes, uh, the Mrs. coordination came in and said, if you're going to actually have this in the background, you need to make it look presentable. So, yes, the dorm room actually looks very nice right now. And, uh, it's actually clean and all the stuff that was on the shelves and everything has been put away. And this is the content people are looking for. Isn't it?
0: Yeah. I, I still love <laughs> that futon. I love that futon cover.
1: Day, day 685 of this fucking pandemic. <laughs> That's what we get. Well, you know what else we get? We're waiting. <laughs> <laughs> we, get it, we get a day like today in the Twitter universe, in which the morning starts out, and a newspaper from Pennsylvania publishes something about a doctor who had mentioned that during testing, 30% of athletes that tested positive with COVID had been shown in cardiac MRIs to have myocarditis. And that is apparently an inflammation of the heart. I'm not a a cardiologist, but uh, I have had to learn more about a heart than I ever wanted to know. Uh, This is one of those things that, you know, this is a virus. They're still trying to find out what it does to people. They're still trying to figure out what the long-term effects are. And here we go with this explosion on Twitter and, you know, if you're looking at this, you're kind of wondering, the, the, the wording in this article stated that 30% of all Big Ten athletes, and I, my immediate thought is, how the fuck did a doctor from Pennsylvania get a hold of the cardiac MRIs from all the Big Ten athletes from across our conference, number one? Number two... Do they just have MRI machines laying around this entire conference? I mean, MRIs a few years ago weren't that commonplace. They were a million dollars apiece. And I guess now they're all over the place probably. But uh, you have to understand that when you do an MRI, you get a, you know, you get a scan and then you have to have somebody who's actually knowledgeable. It doesn't just come up and show you a pretty picture of your insides. You have to have somebody who actually knows how to interpret what the, the MRI shows them. So there's a lot of uncertainty in that stuff also. Uh, I don't I, I don't know if you guys have ever seen an EKG. No? Yes? Yes. You know, when you look at an EKG, it just looks like squiggly lines on a page to those people that aren't educated. When you look at an MRI, you just look at a bunch of fuzzy shit and you go, I don't know what the fuck that is. And some guy who's an expert tells you what it is. So the whole universe, the whole Twitter universe, social media exploded with this. Oh, my God, the Big Ten was right. And this is a very serious problem. If this many people have this heart inflammation issue, then it's a good thing that we're not playing. And why are all these other schools playing? And, of course, as the day goes on, Sir Boat gets involved and says that the, the Big Ten is going to have – an, another vote on Friday, which is tomorrow, which is when this podcast is going to get released, and it, it this is all bullshit. It it I realize that there's a lot of people out there with a lot of contacts and a lot of source stuff, but the one thing that you need to pay attention to during all of this stuff is who makes the decisions as to whether or not the Big Ten. This was another thing that keeps coming up are we going to play on October 10th is now the date that people are talking about, that everything's going to come out. We're going to, we're going to play on October 10th, which would be nice. That would be lovely. It's also probably 90% bullshit. And why do I say it's bullshit? It's because none of these people have indicated any sources that include a university president or a university chancellor or a person who actually runs a school those are the people who will make the decision about when Big Ten football will start again. So you probably have coaches out there that are saying, hey, you know, let me think of maybe we could start October 10th. And some dorky ass shit for brains reporter who wants to uh, get his hits up and get some recognition goes out and says, oh, they're starting on October 10th. And this is the thing that all of us want to hear, isn't it? We don't want to wait till Thanksgiving. We sure as hell don't want to wait till January. It'd be really nice if college football, especially the Big Ten, would start in October 10th. And again, I'm hope I'm wrong. I'm hoping that tomorrow there's a vote and all of a sudden they say football's on again. And John, you're full of shit. Well, both could be right. Actually, one of them is, because uh, as everybody knows, I'm full of shit.
2: You know, John, when I, when I first saw that report about the 30 to 35% of the athletes that tested positive having myocarditis, you know, my initial thought to that was, well, that is a pretty good reason to shut it all down. I mean, that now somebody's finally coming out with something that would be very hard to dispute. But then, you know, as the guy starts backtracking and recanting on that, um, you know, just another smoke and mirrors kind of a thing going on. Um, you know, and, and I I don't know. Uh, I thought it was also interesting today and and maybe you were going to bring this up later is that, um, apparently one of the tests that they're looking at right now, the PAC 12 is looking at it and it's got like a 15 minute turnaround. Um, you know, if, if they have tests available, um, and you can get results in 15 minutes, that certainly could be a game changer for college athletics. Um, and, and, and maybe, maybe they'll start sooner than, sooner than the first of the year. If, if that type of thing is available, October 10th, I heard something about that, that someone said, and this is probably some of the bullshit that you're talking about. If, if, uh, if the big 10 doesn't start by October 10th, then it's too late for a big 10 team to get into the college football playoff. And Dabo Sweeney is out there saying that they don't think they ought to delay the playoff just so a late starting conference can get into the play. I mean, there's just so much crap flying around right now.
0: They're scared of Nebraska coming for them.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Well, yeah. And I saw ESPN had an article that said nearly 50% of the power five conference schools, um, didn't answer some kind of a survey and released their covid results. So yeah, wild just just nuts right now. What do you believe?
0: Well, I'll be tell you um in continuing John's shitting on the boatman uh who I'm not even going to dignify enough to give out his actual Twitter account. Uh he said earlier uh, today A lot of, this is a quote uh, on his Twitter, a lot of Big Ten coaches and athletic directors are upset with reporters per source. They think some reporters are trying to push agendas and don't want them to play. I am not a reporter, so this is why I know all this Big Ten information and some reporters do not. And he followed that up with, also hilarious when one of the people you get info from is straight up telling some reporters the exact opposite info because they can't stand them. Like, this dude's a fucking hack uh what a what a piece of shit he doesn't know he doesn't know fuck all
1: no but i wish i could do that you know what i mean i mean just think about that how much fun you'd have with that i mean it'd be like you're a cult leader you are just telling people what uh what they want to hear and they fall in love with you because that they want it to be true you know, I've i thought about trying to do that with my life but eh, man too blunt
0: <laughs> it, it's unfortunate that this uh Cult leader, so to speak, has twenty eight over twenty eight thousand followers. Because he's a, you know, he he, he's a snake oil
2: salesman. He got chewed up and spit out pretty good though today. You know, out out among other people on Twitter, social media. He did, but when you think about that, that's uh,
1: you know, that's really. I think I said something about Desmond Howard. When people tweet at Desmond Howard and uh, they're upset with what he said about Nebraska and they should leave the Big Ten, you know, when you tweet that stuff at somebody like Desmond Howard, I think the comment I made was that uh, you're just fueling the fire of which he's going to make some wars and feed himself tons and tons of sugar because – there's a lot of guys that just, they. I mean, especially when you're a TV personality. You're a TV personality more than you are a reporter. A person like Andy Staples, for example, or Stuart Mandel. I like both of those guys. Bruce Feldman is another one that's been really uh, very even-keeled, very even-handed all the time. Doesn't really get into fads and doesn't chase. I don't think he chases. Uh, I was going to say chase rainbows. That's not the right term. Andy. Mm-hmm. and <laughs> they, there's a lot of these guys that just I think put out stuff just to get it out there and get their name on it and you know Pat Torty eh, I don't know about that guy he's writing for a publication that's a shadow of itself we're just banging on the media right now aren't we <laughs> but you're not you know, they love it when you, when you tweet at them they love it when you rag on them I mean the guy's got to be Being roasted, I I would love to be roasted like that. I mean, I jab Iowa people in the eye all the time. And I personally, quite frankly, enjoy it when they jab me back. Not even in a...
0: Careful. (laughs) I was going to continue
1: going with that, but, you know... (laughs) You get the idea. (laughs)
0: Todd, I'm not sure what I enjoy more when I crack John up or when John cracks himself up.
2: <laughs> <laughs> truth to that, it's, it's it's good sometimes that John does crack himself up because if he did keep going down that road, we might get beyond the point of no return. With him, you know,
1: um,
2: that's true. Greg, you've had plenty of conversations with him about his uh, convictions about the aliens living here on Earth and you know the future that. Uh, we all are going to face because of this continued invasion by aliens. Yeah, he he believes that. I mean, you know, he's not just telling stories. Um, that's that's what John John. That's that's life for John. I thought John. I always. Thought I've seen you said, him. I've seen him.
0: Uh, John, I always thought you said that uh, the proof that there is no intelligent life out there is that they haven't tried to make contact with us. That's what they
1: want you to believe, sir. They've been among us for a long, many decades now. Many decade. You are. Uh, rem- I've known <laughs> so personally.
0: Was he? Uh, re- I
1: believe. I believe that Kevin Warren.
2: Kevin Warren is one of the aliens. You reminded he me a, of me a. All, <laughs> what we all love is humans. Well, didn't they help you out when you were putting Stonehenge together? I mean, you know, back when you that were living. There are different groups of aliens. Some people, some of them are on our side and some of them are
1: against us. working with Kevin Warren are against us because they want to destroy our livelihood and make us all hate each other so they can come and take our women. <laughs> I wasn't prepared for that last part.
0: I, I kept trying to say there, John, you reminded me of a Randy Quaid's character in Independence Day. Now I'm thinking that uh, they, they modeled that character after you. <laughs> John, John, John. When, when you were up there in the mothership, did they, did they perform experiments on you?
1: There's no problem going on. Just ask the question and shit. They was probing other people. They didn't probe me. I didn't let them. I they can't. actually asked for consent. That's how good. That's how good some of the aliens are.
0: So those are the Kevin Warren's the type of alien who wouldn't. We, that's actually that's a slippery slope. We probably don't want to continue asking that question.
1: He may not be an alien, but he's working with them. The bad ones. The bad. Bi- <laughs> All right. Well, <laughs> the ones that want to take our women. Not to kill them, not to eat them, but to mate with them.
0: John, I, I, I'm i going to try to bring you out of this uh, alternate personality. You sound like you're from Texas when you talk like I that. I
1: lived there. Did you really? I ain't said wrecking or fixing or tank or pond. I ain't said all y'all. Now, you see know what I mean?
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: so somebody, okay. Somebody this else take a, over the show. This is what this is what to, this is what this virus has brought us. I can't wait. I've <laughs> never. God,
0: I don't think I've know, ever. I I don't think I've ever had to write the word aliens in the write up for the podcast, the but I'm doing it this time.
1: <laughs> you know, I I don't get out much. <laughs>
2: Yeah, that's all that's, right. that's pretty obvious.
1: I mean, I go for a walk. I walk the dog. I say hello to people when I'm walking. That's about. This is my only human contact anymore.
2: <laughs> so I got a question. So you know, based upon some of the stuff that's been on the the blog recently and and in Slack a little bit. So as of today. What's the perspective of Nebraska fans now by the the rest of the Big Ten or the rest of college football fans? Because you know, about five days ago, be a little bit more than that, Nebraska was. You know, we, we were all the whiners. The fans were the whiners. You know, the parents filing frivolous lawsuits and everybody kind of looking from their ivory towers down on Nebraska fans. And I'm starting to read some stuff out there where. Ohio State fans are saying, hey, we'll cheer for Nebraska. We'll buy those Nebraska people a beer now. You know, kudos to the Nebraska guys for filing that lawsuit and starting to get the transparency. So where where do Nebraska fans fit now in the scheme of the perception of college football?
1: Well, I I think that it's only the national pundit guys that want to get clicks that are in the – mold of uh, Nebraskans are horrible people that uh, want to kill all their athletes or something. Sorry, I still have that alien shit going on <laughs> in the back of my head. <laughs> no, I, th- I think it's calmed down quite a bit and, and it'll be interesting to see what the long-term effects of this stuff. I mean, tomorrow, you know, according to rumors... Tomorrow, they're supposed to be a re-vote. But the, the, the key to this is, is the way that this is written. I know that Sean Callahan uh, posted something on their internal message boards about uh, the fact that they were going to take, I don't know, you know, par- parliamentary procedure than I do, Todd. A, a whip vote, I believe it's called, where they kind of do an internal vote to see how everybody's going to vote. And then they actually vote and the record vote, Right. So yeah. the way that it's written yeah. is they're going to kind of test the waters to see if everybody wants to play football again or go back on their decision earlier. And then if they actually think that they might pass the vote, then they'll have a real vote. And the key to the key to that writing that kind of stuff is that if there's no record of any vote ever happening, you don't look like you're wrong when you wrote it, right? You can just say, well, they took the whip vote and nobody said they didn't have enough votes to pass, so they never actually did the real vote. You see what I'm getting at? You never look like you're wrong when you write something like that.
0: No, that makes sense. <clears throat>
1: and when you put that rumor out there, you can never, you know what, people cannot prove you're wrong. And so it's a really beautiful way of writing stuff that sucks people in without actually being having to be proven right or wrong about what you said. It's a really beautiful way of uh, you know yeah, the cult leader thing. I I really wish that I could it, kind of do that.
0: It's a little
1: uh, it's
0: a little CYA uh methodology, cover your ass. Because if they don't have the votes, they're yeah. if, they, if they don't have the informal votes, then there's no need to have a formal vote. And if they know going in that they've got you know the the amount that they need, then they can go in and whoever's been leading the charge will you know be trumpeted, heralded as the hero, and
1: and uh, you know we all move on. I mean, for being on Twitter for a little while today, it, it's pretty clear that a lot of Nebraska people want this stuff to be true, or that they believe it because it's it's what they wanted. They want, you know, and I, I I sympathize with them. You know, I it really it's hard to run a website, and it's hard to be doing stuff uh, when there's no college football, and college football for Nebraskans is the thing that really pulls us all together. We we what is not. In the, in the photo right now, or in the picture on this webcam, in my new dorm room that my wife has graciously rearranged as a throw pillar or a big pillar, pillar that she bought me that says it's the most wonderful time of the year. It's a Christmas pillar. Most people would recognize that as a Christmas pillar, right? Start singing Christmas it, John. Pillar. But the most wonderful time of the year is fall college football. Let's be honest. So that was, that pillow is supposed to be right there, but it's not out of the box yet. And I really look at it and I go, it should be the most wonderful time of the year, you fuckers. But it's not. This is no fucking Nebraska football. Jesus. I
2: love you, John. We're going heavy
1: into the voices tonight. You know.
2: <laughs> There's a lot of them talking to you, apparently, tonight, John. Yeah, well.
1: How, how long have you been sober you now? You know, when I, died, when I died, they only resuscitated me. They didn't resuscitate all other fucking voices in the back of my head. So I've had to bring them back slowly, a little bit at a time. It, you know what I'm saying? Is,
0: is that why uh, uh, once a week you lick a 9-volt battery just to see, you know, which one of your friends is coming back to join you?
1: <laughs> Nine isn't enough. That's what I've discovered. <laughs> All right, are we are we going to take a break, Greg, so I can get more water? I mean, I, I'm trying to figure out if we have
0: anything else to actually discuss.
2: I, I got one thing to throw out there.
0: Okay, throw it out there, and then we'll we'll put John's uh, water break on hold, and we'll wrap it up.
2: Okay. okay. Yeah, I just want I just want you to know that. Um, I, I pulled a Teddy Roosevelt the other day, yesterday. You know, speak softly and carry a big stick. Oh, God. Um, is this going this back into the- our
0: cold shower conversation?
2: Because I am not prepared. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> That's not what I was thinking. Actually, what I did um, yesterday morning. I think uh, I think if
1: you're the reference there, Dreg would be twig. <laughs> but continue. Twig.
0: Not yeah. with blue chew. With blue chew, your twig could also. No <laughs>
2: No, yesterday morning I got up early, and I was just really frustrated. I've been frustrated the last couple of days. My son, same age as John's rotten son. Oh, okay. My son son goes to Iowa State University, and, you know, he's down there in his senior year, and it's been frustrating for him because he really values being on campus and being in the classroom face-to-face with instructors and the vast majority of his work down there so far this year has been, you know, remote and online. And so, I, you guys probably are aware of this, but Ames, Iowa, home of Iowa State University, is the, was the number one spot in the world for the hotspot for the coronavirus this past week with the percentages of positive cases, et cetera, et cetera. So, University makes a decision basically to shut down campus and all the learning is online. Kids aren't going on campus, etc. But yet on the 12th of September, they were going to have 25,000 people go to the, the football game against um, Louisiana Lafayette. And so I'm sitting there thinking, What a bunch of fucking hypocrites. And so I sent a five-paragraph email to the president of Iowa State University, Wendy Winterstein, yesterday. And I was saying that they can't even have kids on campus because of this, because of the COVID and stuff. But now we're going to bring 25 people from outside of Ames into Ames, Iowa, and bring all that nasty, horrible coronavirus into the town and just continue to spread the disease all over town. And at 11 o'clock, our governor had her press conference and she was defending Iowa State University, saying that, well, it's only 25,000 people and they're going to socially distance in the stadium that seats 66,000. Two hours later, President Winterstein pulls the plug, no fans at the football game, and it's because she finally had enough time to read the email that I sent her at six thirty yesterday. Guarantee, <laughs> guarantee.
0: Todd, you are an agent of change. <laughs> yeah. And now that you're retired, will you run for president so we can get, uh, you know, some some somebody worthwhile?
2: You would not. Oh want my to. god. John. John. We just John. vote for communists if he's got run.
0: <laughs> Here's what we want. Here's what I want. I want a Todd John ticket. Todd John 2024.
2: Todd John 2024? We're making miracles happen. You think that this country's messed up right now, you give us one week and we would just totally destroy it. No, no well, yes.
1: I'd, be, I'd be a benevolent dictator no here here's
0: here's my here's my line of thinking Todd you've been an administrator for a long time at, at least a, yeah, at least a couple weeks uh, and John uh, you have joined a very short list of people who've come back from the dead uh, so <laughs> I, I think with with your otherworldly knowledge and with Todd's administrative capabilities, I really think that there's something to this Todd John 2024. We're making miracles happen.
1: Well, I'll tell you what, Greg. We'll, we'll certainly form a task solution committee and uh, study it with a big bunch of people that all get together a, 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 you know, whatever they call them, task force, you know, the other bullshit terms they use. And uh, we, we, I think the important key is this. We all have to live through the year 2020 for there to be a year 2024. Yeah. So if we get to the end of the year 2020, then by God, I'm going to be looking to this whole thing about running for president of the United States.
0: Well, no, John, I, I, I hate to say you're vice president.
1: Bullshit. It's just it's just straight up bullshit, son. I believe I could be the I am the leader this country needs right now if we all get through the year 2020.
0: I look, I would I'd be interested just to see like cuz John, you can cut a promo on a motherfucker. You can just you, you know, take take somebody and rip him a new asshole. And and that's what this country needs.
1: Oh, I think that we need love. Oh, okay. okay. I think that we all need to be brought together and under, under a big, big umbrella of love. And I plan on building an umbrella of love over the entire United States. And, and
2: kidding, gonna, is not a bill. Mexico and, will pay for the umbrella. No, it's going oh. to be Canada. We
1: don't pay for anything. They got money to slay around up there. We need an umbrella of love to shelter us and to keep us all together. Warm, cozy,
2: love, mushy, gushy pile. Mushy, gushy, love pile?
1: I think we we should probably just just be done now. We should probably just be done now. <laughs> Maybe I'll write up a, a platform on my beliefs and what I'm going to stand for when I run for president after we make it through the year 2020. Because there is, you know, there's this, there's this, I don't mean to get political and religious at the same time, but there is this part of me. There's about 82% Christian and uh, 14% atheists. study quantum mechanics and sometimes numbers get fuzzy especially when you're moving constantly and that is what i am doing moving constantly my mind flashing around like heisenberg's uncertainty principle once you know what its speed is you don't know where it's located, right and if you know where it's located you don't know what its speed is velocity to be technical but i've always believed well, okay, for the last uh, several months, that at the end of our current president's reign, we're just going to see in the sky a big giant game over sign, and it's going to be the end of the simulation. And then we're going to have to go and do our exit interviews and see how we did. And I think we should probably just end there. You know, I, I I imagine. I want to I want to point something out. I have now been over four months sober. I know. Okay. I know. And if I went on these rants like five months ago, people would go, "God, he was drunk as shit during this podcast." And I'd really have to admit that it been me all along. It wasn't the alcohol talking.
2: <laughs> Never yeah. was the.
0: Have you ever noticed, Todd, he's never this uh, He's never this salty and fired up when he's wearing his uh, uh, flannel robe?
2: I miss the robe. I have to say it, I, I miss the robe. It's getting, it's, it's getting cool again,
1: so it's time for the robe to come out.
0: I'm thinking that he, the, the reason he's so – and this is – folks, listen, this is pure speculation. I thankfully don't have any – Video or photographic ev- photographic evidence, but I'm thinking that the reason John so uh wound up uh in, in dare I say uptight is because now versus uh, in the robe days is because when he's wearing the robe, that's
1: all he's wearing. Yeah, I think maybe he's wearing, a little. If you're wearing a robe, what's the point of wearing anything else?
0: All right for that uh, unfortunate mental image uh, I apologize everybody but that'll do it for this episode of the five hard podcast because John's getting thirsty he's a little parched and uh, we're gonna let Todd go enjoy the rest of his uh, his big honors uh, evening and uh, especially with the, the his daughter being there and and uh, uh he we're gonna let him go and enjoy his time with his family and me. I'm just going to edit all this shit so that you can enjoy it on a Friday. Uh, so for Todd Wolverton, our, our esteemed guest and uh, honored Grand Marshal of, of his parade and the parade of our hearts. Uh, for John Dam Johnston, our founder and fearless leader, my name is Greg Mahachko. We remind you this week and every week that five heart is all the heart you need. John?
1: Go Big Red. Don't you have a catchphrase, Todd? I, I'm, I'm, I'm wor- No! <laughs>